Hi Minimal Moves, welcome back. I'm excited to test out a new recording platform, so let me know what you think about this. It's Haruka again, obviously. And today for this episode, I wanted to launch a new series. So this is called Clothing Compactly, and I'm very excited to do this one. I am kind of your run-of-your-mill person when it comes to pretty much everything in life. I feel like, of course, I think there's some psychological term to explain that we think we're more average or... Or do we think that we're above average? I really need to brush up on those social psychology knowledge from about two years ago. But I do think that in terms of fashion, while I really enjoy it, I am by no means good at it, nor am I really able to invest as much as I would like to, I guess. It gets a little bit complicated there. I'm obviously grateful to have all that I do. And as a part of that, the kind of scheme of clothing compactly, let me explain exactly what I have in mind. So as you know, right now I'm a college student and I will be finishing up my university years in a couple months, which is insane and concerning and I'm not ready for it. But one way in which I can concretely get ready for it is by clothing compactly. And basically I strive to someday be able to have all my, I kind of explained this in an earlier episode probably or two about where I want to get in terms of my material possessions and how I want to be able to move very quickly. By move, I mean I want to be able to be up and gone in two days very comfortably. And this is based on my experience of being abroad and being sent back with the pandemic and having to pack up everything in two days. And that was very doable, obviously, because I was abroad and I didn't have all my possessions with me. But I want to be able to do that. And I want that to not be something that is startling or something that I feel like I can't manage. But I want it to be something that I can do so that there's one less thing blocking my way to making decisions that make sense for certain situations. It might be a move for school. It might be a move for a job or even just going away for the weekend. I want to be able to make those decisions. And if you know me, you know I'm very indecisive. And so I hope that this will be one thing that sort of makes that decision-making process easier. So I'm excited to kind of move towards my goal, which is to have all my possessions in my dream universe in one big suitcase, one small suitcase, a backpack, and a purse. And I know that that's a kind of far-off goal given the sort of world that I live in right now, but I hope to eventually kind of figure out what I need in my life materially so that I can focus on things like my career, like people, like food, which is very important, <laughs> um, books, anything else in life, traveling, whatever it might be, and focus my resources in those directions. So that's where this clothing compactly idea is coming from. And today I want to talk through various ways where as you think about downsizing or decluttering or getting rid, however you think about it, of things and things in your wardrobe specifically, how you can a get rid of things in a responsible way and also b then if you're thinking about picking up something anyway then how you can best do them in a sustainable and financially also convenient manner and there's so many different options so i wanted to talk through some because i didn't really know any of these before i started scouring the internet for much of the minimalism content that i've gathered so whether you're on the shopping end or the selling end, I think these platforms are really helpful. I'll talk through also my personal engagement with some and some I don't really have personal experience with, but I've seen postings and people using them and whatnot. So I'll talk through them. 
So I have one, two, three, four, five, six different options that I have laid out. And if I think of anything, I'll throw them in along the way. Oh, I have another one. Okay, seven. <laughs> I do really like how I can kind of make these episodes really casually. But also, if you like a more organized style, please let me know. But getting started with the first three are kind of similar to each other to a certain degree. So there's ThreadUp, Depop, and Poshmark. Let me start with Depop and Poshmark. So those two are pretty similar. They are websites where you can list clothing items or jewelry or handbags, shoes, stuff like that. I think you can also sell other things as well, but I think those are mainly focused on clothing and you can resell any items that you don't want anymore and you can buy any items that other people have listed as well. I've heard a little bit that it's not the most like organized algorithm in terms of how you see posts and whatnot, so that might be a little tricky to navigate. I personally have not used either as a seller or a buyer, but I've seen a lot of influencers sell items and people buy off of them, and I'm sure it works really well if, because I think they've been around for some time. They have mobile apps, and I think you can go on their website as well. So those are great options. I think the pros for those two, Depop and Poshmark, I don't really know the difference between those two, but they are convenient. It's a very efficient shopping model because it's going directly from the person who's selling to the person who's buying, which is great because that's more sustainable than the product going around left and right, you know, to hopping around from one place to another because that takes packaging, that takes transportation and whatnot. So I think those are great platforms. Haven't personally used to it, have seen a lot of people use it. Next is ThreadUp. So this is my personal pick, I suppose, for the moment, and I will explain why. I grew up wearing a lot of hand-me-downs, and because I had relatives and neighbors that were generous enough to hand me down clothing, and I did have clothing on my own, I think it's fairly rare for an only child to grow up on a lot of hand-me-downs around the people I grew up with, but I liked it. I don't know. I think it kind of made me creative about the way in which I conceptualized clothing because obviously the things that I had weren't always things that I wanted. And I think that was actually kind of fun. And I think that's good for a kid. So I'm hoping to do that for my kid as well is to like have a lot of hand-me-downs or second hands, which may not be like the most beautiful piece, but it just makes the process more fun. And I think when you're a kid, that's it's almost like another toy, you know? I don't know. That's kind of how I saw it, I guess. So that was my clothing experience. I think I grew up with a lot of... Well, my school had a uniform, so that part was kind of taken care of. Like, I had to wear this specific thing to school. And it wasn't even that you were supposed to buy, like, a white shirt. It was that you had to buy it from this very specific place. And you had to buy this very specific pair of socks. Like, everything was determined. So, pretty much. I think shoes, you could kind of pick your own. And umbrellas, you could pick something in the shade of... I think it had to be yellow for elementary school. And then it could be blue, dark blue or black for middle school. It was insanely strict. And I think that that kind of also helped in the sense of limiting... Well, that's kind of the point of uniforms, right? Is limiting income disparity to come through in a child's everyday school experience and I think that's good but the uniforms were expensive so I don't know it's a trade-off but because of that experience of growing up on secondhand slash having a very limited clothing fun experience naturally as a reaction in um, high school and university I've gotten very into clothing in the capacity that I could and it's not like I went out and bought a lot of clothes either. Like in high school, all I wore were total turtlenecks in the winter. And I did wear some polo shirts because I was wearing the wardrobe my, basically my mother assigned me. And that was fine. I got some 
comments, I guess, or I'm sure people saw me as bizarre as well, but obviously those people didn't tell me anything. But the people who I was closer to did tell me things. And one of them taught me the flavor of business casual, which is kind of the main core of how I dress today, infused with all the general, you know, trends and everything. I don't know, there's some things that I like, I suppose, like sweatbands, as does everyone else. With all that in mind, so as you can tell, my sense of fashion is in chaos and has always been, will always be. For someone like me, I think a platform like ThreadUp is great. I primarily use it as a seller, so I send off my clothing, like the dresses from high school that I no longer ever will wear, things like that. And what's great about ThreadUp as a seller is that it's very easy. You just need to pick up a box that you have lying around your house or a bag and then stick the label that they provide you for free and then send it off and they handle the rest and you can also order their bags i i think they're currently out of stock but by the time this episode goes up they might be back in stock and i will be eyeing that because i have somewhere close that i wanted to send off their way and obviously ideally i wouldn't be buying these clothes that don't fit me or well my size has also fluctuated a little bit so it's not entirely within my control there too in the past i would have held on to those clothing that either aren't the best fit for my body shape or things that i've grown out for one reason or another whether it's taste setting or you know physiology i guess would be the word But the reason why I'm not doing that is because I want to get myself into the circular economy mindset where if I need something and if it's something that I can reasonably afford, that it doesn't really provide value by staying in my closet, then I would rather send it off and then pick up something for fairly affordable pricing for me, hopefully, at a thrift shop. That's kind of my goal. I don't really know how this is going to play out, but and obviously I'm not getting rid of anything that I'm wearing right now, even if it's relatively infrequently, because I'm a little scared of doing that. As you know, I sort of struggle with the idea of letting go of things that are just-in-case items. If I can see that they present a function in the just-in-case settings, it's still hard to let them go but for because i am too blessed i do have things that don't fit right or etc etc so those are the things that i send off to thread up and it's very easy i don't make i haven't made a cent off of any of those sales i don't think any of them have sold i don't know but the point of it is to give it this kind of next life or at least an opportunity for it i would take them to thrift stores but I've seen the lines out of thrift stores right now, and given the pandemic, I don't really want to be standing in a very long line, go into a very crowded store to sell secondhand clothing. It just doesn't feel like the most sanitary thing to be doing right now. So I'll kind of venture out there if I can, maybe maybe as a buyer first so that I'm not having to like spend a set amount of time in the store. I don't really know, but until then, I will be using ThreadUp. And I really appreciate having this. The con of ThreadUp is that it does go through the mail Uh, one extra time i think if i'm calculating it right so if you were directly doing depop or poshmark you would just go from your house to the recipient's address whereas for ThreadUp, it goes from your house to ThreadUp, from ThreadUp to the recipient so that's one extra leg that's not really sustainable it also means an extra layer of packaging although if you do you reuse packaging that's more sustainable so highly recommend if you have packaging available around your house that you can use to box up things and send them off. Thread off is really convenient, which is the bottom line. And I think that fundamentally in any of these options, and I've gone through three out of four, 
it being moderately convenient is relatively important. I'm using these vague terms, but that's because it's a matter of degree. But at the end of the day, if you don't do it, there's no point. Even if you plan to do the sustainable thing, if you don't actually do it, it's not doing anything. And also, this is like a commercial break, but please keep in mind that for certain items of clothing, you are not as likely to be able to sell them or have someone even just find value in it from donation. So those are things like graphic, and I don't mean graphic shirts as in the ones that are like band tees. I think people buy those, but I mean the ones with logos. Oh, logo t-shirts is what I mean. So things with your school logo, unless you go to like UVA and you're in some fancy sorority, maybe someone will buy it then. But otherwise, if you go to the high school that I went to, as much as we are a brand name in that universe, it's not really a piece of clothing that people want. So if you have pieces like that, either try to hand it down to someone in your family, maybe, or someone at your school who will find value in it. Or if it's like a t-shirt or something like that, cut them up, use them as rags that probably will provide you more value than it will anyone else. Anyway, it's also important to keep in mind secondhand places. Depop, Poshmark, it's fine because it's just your own space, right? But even ThreadUp or if you're post going to a thrift store, things like that, you're crowding up the marketplace with things that people aren't going to buy and that's not really sustainable because that's just one extra thing that people are having to handle you might be having to like hold on to them to sell it's just not overall a great plan i guess so that's something that i've learned the hard way myself as in i schlepped myself over with a bunch of those t-shirts and was told that those are unsellable and it makes sense but you know i thought i would try and i did and I learned. So that was back before the pandemic started and I went directly to a thrift store. So aside from thrift stores, which is a very obvious answer, let's move on to a couple other online options. These ones are a bit more social media based. So the first two are pretty similar to each other as well, but kind of differently organized. So there's Facebook Marketplace and Instagram. Instagram, you would just make a normal account. You can name it something clothing related and you can sell your pieces of clothing. This generally works for either high-end products that are inherently high-end, like a brand, like high-end handbags, or I think a lot of shoes, or I guess it's not shoes companies doing these, but people who collect shoes sell them on Instagram. I've never bought anything off of Instagram like that, but I do know that there are also some vintage or handcrafted related people, so you could like embroider something on a product or make a patchwork cool situation. And I know people who sell those things and I think that's really cool as well. I think that for Instagram, because things need to be really aesthetically pleasing, this may not be your most average Haruka, Joe, whatever you are um, option for selling clothes. But if you do have really fancy pieces or vintage items that you think could be pretty trendy. This might be a good option as well. Also, if you have a very strong following on your social media, then naturally there are more people who are following you who think you're cool, who think you, who like your style maybe. So that could definitely be a good option. Moving on to Facebook Marketplace. So I've tried this. Basically, if you have a Facebook account, you can just list an item, price it, give its condition, give its brand, and give it a little description, size, etc., and list an item. You can do this for any item. It doesn't need to be clothing, obviously. And it works, but you get sometimes bot-ish messages. It's convenient, and people do pick up things, especially if you're like me and you don't know how to price things. 
sometimes it's really convenient because maybe your friend will see your post and they'll buy it and it's like very safe and very comfortable. But sometimes it won't necessarily be that way. Because of who I am, I'm a little bit nervous. So I generally post something if it's really valuable and I think that it could sell. But otherwise, I kind of have stopped using Facebook Marketplace and or only post within university groups. So that's another way of keeping Facebook Marketplace and other sales safe is posting within specific groups. If you have those options, my university has a buy, sell, trade Facebook page for specific to that university. So at least most people, if not everyone in that Facebook group should be either people who go to the university or who have been to the university in the past so that kind of gives you a little bit of a safety net there which I think is very convenient and also makes drop off pick up things easier and I think that Facebook marketplace listing especially and Instagram as well are particularly worth it and honestly this applies to Depop and Poshmark but think about the fact that you need to keep these items in your space and maybe you have a big garage where you can store things but even that feels like clutter and to me, this is a little bit of a stressful option, which is why I really limit um, what I will put up there for especially Facebook Marketplace and Instagram. But to each their own, I think this is a convenient, easily accessible option, especially if you have a car or something and you can drop things off. I think this is a great option. So similarly, Craigslist, I know this has been around for a very long time. I'm sure a lot of people know about what it is. You list specific items and you can sell them. It's not really tied to a specific social media platform or anything like that. I have heard that it's a relatively sketchy platform. I have only been on Craigslist for specifically house hunting. And it would be when people would send me a Craigslist link off of like a Facebook post, something like that. So I haven't really used it independently. I would be a little bit careful because of what I've heard. But I think if used well, just like any other platform, it can be safe just I guess be careful and I don't really know if people use this for clothing but I figured it's an idea obviously similarly there are other platforms for like really high-end pieces you could probably use eBay and other things but I'm sure you can find those on your own so moving on to my last preposition which is friends and swap is how I put it down but basically you can exchange pieces of clothing with your friends of course given COVID it might be a little bit a little bit stressful in some places, at least in the US, it may not be the safest option, but you can basically organize a clothing swap where your friends and you, especially if you have friends you're working through the minimalism game with, then that could be really fun to have your decluttered items and just like share it and swap it around. I don't really have friends around me who's doing this. I can see in person, but I think that would be super cool to do. And also some along these lines, there are everything free groups or buy nothing groups in specific cities in your area. So say if you're based in, where's somewhere that I would never, like I've never been in. I, I think I've never been to Atlanta, Georgia. I might have had a layover there, but I don't know. I, that just popped into my mind. I would love to be in Atlanta, Georgia right now. I'm sure it's very warm. Um, but so say there's a group called Buy Nothing Atlanta or there's a Everything Free Atlanta group. So those would be some Facebook groups that you could tap into where you can swap your items, you can share your items that you don't need for free. You don't get anything directly in exchange for those groups, but you can get other items. So say, say you're getting rid of this sweater and the shirt and someone comes picks it up, great. And then a couple weeks later, you realize that you really need this or say let your kettle breaks and you need an electronic kettle to warm up your 
water for your tea. You can ask someone if anyone ask there if anyone is getting rid of their kettle, and someone might say yes. I found a couple surprising things like a calculator and what was the other thing? Oh, a notebook, like a really pretty and nice quality notebook, things like that, and like tea light candles off of those groups so definitely check those out if you have anything specific that you're looking for there's some things that are always coveted is that the word like pursued after in those groups like adjustable weights for some reason but other than that it's definitely worth contributing to that circular economy and in exchange taking something from there if you need something specific so with that i would like to close out this episode this was a very fun episode to talk through i was trying to kind of balance being casual and also going through my list in a very composed manner and i'm also trying to get rid of my verbal tics if you've noticed thank you i also may or may not be getting a friend's help to edit these episodes so i'm very grateful for that as well but with that i will see you in the next episodes i may or may not be starting another series Let me know what your thoughts are about these series because I think that by compartmentalizing, it's kind of easier to make sure I'm not repeating myself, talking about the same things. But I'd love to know if it's just easier to follow if I'm just talking and there's no framework or if I should have these frameworks and keep them organized into series because you know I love organization and decluttering. So can't wait to talk to you again soon. Bye, Minimal.